He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Well, good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. How are you today? You know, I'm very joyful. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. it's funny you should say that because that was kind of what last Sunday was all about, right? Joy. Joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. The first gift, uh, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, and so Christians, happy should always be a, a delight for people. Rejoice always. I say it again, rejoice. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, who is it? I think it was Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She said, anyone, uh, you should leave people happier after they come see you. That whenever someone comes see you, that they should be happy they went and saw you. Hmm. That's uh, That I, sounds like Mother Teresa. Yeah. I think I taught her that. <laughs> I talked about her uh, yesterday because yesterday was St. John of the Cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about and he wrote about the dark night of the soul. And Mother Teresa had, you know, the longest dark night of the soul ever recorded, 50 years. Uh, and so I kind of joked around. I say, you know, people read about the dark night of the soul and they say, you know, oh, I stopped experience, uh, you know, direct you know talking with god i don't feel any pleasure in, in prayer it's a dark night of the soul mm. <laughs> i said oh i'm experiencing the dark night of the soul from john of the cross uh, that's not it at all <laughs> but uh <laughs> i just i was like no you're not uh you're just you're out of the honeymoon phase you know he stopped bringing you flowers every time he saw you, you you're know, not so. as holy as you think you are yeah so yeah you're just you're still just beginning yeah i remember when i was 13 i thought i was going through the dark night of the soul <laughs> <laughs> turns out I didn't even really know how to pray. <laughs> it turns out I couldn't spell night yet. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so here we are, uh, week three of Advent, uh, Gaudete, right? Gaudete, yep. Yep, I think I pronounced that better than uh, some priests do. Well, you know, it's Latin. Not every priest knows Latin anymore. Man, I don't know Latin. <laughs> um, and so we... <laughs> So here's the fun joke, right? I, and I thought Father Brady was going to say it. Okay. How do we know it's rose and not pink? Oh, I already know this one. Go oh, do you? Because Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't pink from the dead. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I didn't think, I, I, maybe I, I didn't want to say it because those corny jokes, you know, the dad joke. Oh, that, to, that one's so bad that I didn't even laugh at it. Yeah. And I laugh at corny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but rose, the color of the vestments, or even of that third candle in, in your own uh, Advent wreath or the one in the church, it's rose because it's violet mixed with white, right? So it's, we're still in this season of Advent, but I could start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm, I'm almost there, right? And so we have rose for one week in Advent, but also one week in Lent, right? It kind of gives us that reminder that, uh, you know, we're almost done. What's the week in Lent? What's it called? Uh, Laudete. Laudete. Gandete mm-hmm. and Laudete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's how I know how to say that. So, uh, <laughs> Gaudete comes, is the Latin for rejoice, right? It's that first kind of antiphon we have rejoice, so especially in, our, uh, in all of our readings, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, in the first and the second reading, uh, a lot about rejoicing. And so, uh, it's just a reminder that uh, as Catholics, even in the midst of like any penances we do or something like that, remember Jesus says, you know, wash your face and uh, change your clothes, take a shower, make sure that people don't know that you're taking on penances, right? Be joyful, 
take on penances in secret, but um, for always be a joy for those around you. Uh, I remember, I think it was Francis de Sales. He wrote that uh, you can attract more flies with honey than by vinegar. And so he was talking about how to make their faith attractive for people so that more people can come. I just got caught up on take a shower. Well, first of all, Jesus didn't say take a shower because they didn't have showers back then. What did he say? And and you should never, you should never sacrifice from bathing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah. When you're at the camp. Well, I mean, (laughs) okay. So there's situations. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, you shouldn't go all Advent or Lent without bathing. That's a sacrifice for everyone around you, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so, um, we were talking about traditions uh, before this, and and you and I both ended up at uh, the home of one of our parishioners uh, on Sunday night, and Mm -hmm. they started a really cool tradition, and I think think they started it last year. I think this is the second year they do it. I didn't know. I I knew they did it last year and this year. I didn't know it was that new. Yeah, yeah. And so so Mm -hmm. what what they do, and I mean, this may be something to think about, you know, incorporating into your own own family and circles, um, they started a Gaudete party, and And so, you know, they had a bunch of people over for dinner and drinks and a celebration, a joyful, joy filled celebration. Um, And I thought that was a really cool, unique, you know, we were talking yesterday, I I bumped into her and she said, um, she said, yeah, you know, it's just, it's hard to have a party on a Sunday night. Everybody's got to go to work on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. And it's Gaudete Sunday, so it has to be on a Sunday night. I love when people, and I, look, I'm not creative like this. I try to be, but I find that other people are way more creative. And whenever, like, they're able to celebrate the liturgical life of the church, but in their own their own lives. So, mm-hmm. like, throwing a party for Gaudete Sunday, right? This rejoicing where, you know, you have food and friends, some parishioners over, you invite the priest, or... Um, Father Shambo used to always say, I think we've mentioned that on the podcast before, but for the solemnities in the church, we should always celebrate with cake and ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to have some type of kind of celebration during the solemnities or um, or I know people throw a party for their baptism, right? Um, I, I really enjoy how people are able to uniquely apply the liturgical life but in their own homes right so for the feast of saint nick i know families that uh they the the parents get the kids new socks or new shoes and new socks or something uh we always try to remember to celebrate that feast and we just forget yeah and they put out you know (laughs) we even talked about it the night before we're like oh yeah tomorrow's saint nick and cookies and milk and then they have an icon of saint nick i've I've heard different people you know kind of put emphasis on different liturgical celebration but i mean i'm kind of blown away you know and I, I wish more people would be able to be able to do that. Sure. And I think, you know, we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and we forget that the church gives us this liturgical cycle, this rhythm, right, for us to experience God, you know, in the ordinary moments of life. And, and you know, if we paid more attention to it, then maybe we would be able to celebrate those things. I, I love how you mentioned baptism. I used to tell our confirmation candidates because, I mean, most people don't know their baptism on date. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we talked about baptism, it was one of the first sessions that we would do, um, we, I would encourage them to go and, you know, learn when their baptism date was, because I would always tell them, you know, we celebrate our birthday. Our birthday is just where we got, we, we got life in this world. Baptism is more important than our birthday because without baptism, we don't have life in the next world. Yeah. 
It's a, I become a child of God now, mm-hmm. or the, a place is prepared for me in the kingdom of heaven. So October 26th is my baptismal date. What's yours? June something. Uh-huh. <laughs> June, uh, yeah. so, so, Father, you have an assignment after this episode. Well, I need you to go find out when your baptismal date well, was. Well, it's easy because I have it marked in my both of my calendars that I'm looking at right now. Do you now. know your birth date or is it just marked in your calendar? It's uh, it's April something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, around there sometime. Yeah. Because uh, without, without your baptismal date, you can't be a priest. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, baptism kind of opens the door for the whole sacramental life, the uh, everything, right? So baptism isn't the highest sacrament, but it is the first. Mm-hmm. It's the gateway to all other sacraments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this joy reminds Christians, should remind Catholics, that there's a time for everything, right? That people try to mix People think that, uh, you know, joy should be, you know, all the time or uh, not joy, but like we should celebrate all the time and never have any sadness whatsoever. And I think that's more or less kind of really just a kind of an immature way to think about it. Well, and I think it's because we confuse joy and happiness, Mm. right? To be joyful is not the same as to be happy. I can be Mm -hmm. joyful and in the midst of tragedy. Yeah. And so I kind of think, I I haven't thought about this too much, but I think it's because that people, whenever people don't experience joy at all, they're constantly chasing it to Mm. where in every situation, they're just trying to inject some type of happiness or... I'm going. I'm. It's probably where the the root of all addictions come from, too. Yeah, you know, and sins. It's because we're we're constantly trying to fill that void Mm -hmm. that is only meant for one person, really. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking of a kind of specific situations where I've been in where like people at funerals they'll say like, oh no, no crying allowed, you know, or like uh, we're having a celebration of life, no crying. If you're crying, then you don't believe. And I was like, man, no, you know, there's a time to be sorrowful, like you just lost a loved one. There's also a time to rejoice you know there's there's times and seasons for everything i remember as a kid hearing about uh this wealthy guy who from from our hometown who had passed away who was also a very christian man and he left an open tab at one of the local bars and he told everybody the day of his funeral he said go and and let the bartender know i'll be back to i'll be back to pay the bill Because I believe in the resurrection. I was like, that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Bet that bartender was. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure he actually left some money to pay the debt. Yeah. But I I mean, just the, that, that reality of, you know, um, the joy that we find in Christ brings peace, even Mm. in the midst of sorrow and tragedy, you know, and like you said, it's okay to cry. You know, we, we do, we miss our loved ones. We, we go through moments in life where there is a lot of unknown and uncertainty and it's okay to experience sadness because, um, because, because we love well. Yeah. Even Jesus cried at the death of his friend. And so he showed us that sadness or tears, uh, is a very good thing because our Lord only did very good things. And so, but there's a time for rejoicing. Don't let that uh, take away your joy. You pointed it out earlier, like happiness or joy or pleasure and joy. These are different things. Mm -hmm. A lot of people sacrifice joy in order to get uh, pleasure. Mm. And joy is way higher than pleasure. But uh, people kind of only see what's right in front of them. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, I find that that pleasure 
and, and let's just equate that to maybe a sinful pleasure because some pleasures come from sins. Um, you know, it, it might bring a momentary sense of fulfillment or whatever, right? But you know it's not real because you feel the disconnect after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I always forget what saints, you know, say what. There's just a lot of them. But uh, they, learn, they learn most of their quotes from me. Yeah, Ignatius of Loyola <laughs> or, uh, or John Ray, you know, whichever one you want to take it from, yeah. said that, uh, you know, Satan uh, builds you up before the sin and it gets you all excited and gets you, you know, all about it. And then as soon as the sin happens, he... he brings you back down makes you feel yeah it makes you feel completely disconnected that you know uh depressed or, or presumption or despair or you know whatever wherever it is he kind of he tries to take you on this emotional roller coaster to uh, get you out of it um a pleasure definitely has its place i mean um you know everything god creates is good as long as we use it the way he intended it sure so the uh, but joy should always should always accompany Right. Joy only gets taken away whenever I put obstacles in front of it. Joy comes from God, comes from the Holy Spirit. And so no one can take it away except me. Mm. I talked about this yesterday with John of the Cross. John of the Cross was one of the biggest, probably the greatest spiritual writer to ever live. And one of them. One of his writings was the spiritual canticles, these beautiful poems, very joy filled. But he wrote them in a jail cell over eight months. He was in a six by 10 jail cell. He could lay down and stand up and that was it. Um, he couldn't walk around. They fed him bread and water for eight months. Wow. And uh, he had one of the guards. complain, huh? No, no, yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. And he had one of the guards sneak him paper. And while he was in there, he wrote the spiritual canticles, um, which are incredibly joyful. But I mean, it shows that like, even in the midst of all that, that horrific, I mean, no light of day for eight months. Uh, you could only lay down and stand up. You couldn't walk around on bread and water. And he wrote some of the happiest poems and the, the greatest spiritual writings the church has ever known. That's joy. That joy cannot be taken away because it's a gift from God. Only I can take my joy away because I could put obstacles in front of it. Sure. So, um, this will be our last episode of, of 2021. Um, episode 19, uh, you know, we got 19 in, we'll start uh 2022 in with episode 20. That's Wouldn't cool. that have been funny if we could have got to like episode 21 and then like the next, we start off 22 with episode 22. It's not going to happen, but it would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you, if you would record next week and the week after, then, I mean, we could actually do that. We, we could. But it's important, you know, next week's just going to be a whirlwind and so will the week after with, um, with Christmas and getting ready for Christmas and decorating the church and all of those things. And so it's just not possible. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, everything, there's a time. And, and we got to hunt. And, and, you know, you got to hunt, you know, you got to, uh, oh, you go to mass. That's true. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Father, you should go to mass. You yeah. Try it. <laughs> try it. Try it every yeah. now and then. But um, let, let's talk a little bit about Christmas, um, you know, because we're going to we're going to actually miss the Christmas season because it's so short this year. Um, like it's what barely a week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just kind of how it falls. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, Christmas and 
when we should take our tree down and, you know, and how we should celebrate that. You asked about traditions and, and one of the traditions that we do have in our family, um, see my coffee's starting to kick in. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, on Christmas morning, we unwrap the baby Jesus and put him in the manger. It's the first thing that we do. You see like stuff like that. Like I really do love because yeah. that, that show that gives me an example for me because like, I don't do that. But it's to see like well, it's because we're holier than you. Well, I don't doubt it. You know, <laughs> that, uh, God can lift up even the lowly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and to be honest, Lucy's holier than both of us. She's yeah. three. So, <laughs> so the, uh, but to see how the faith takes root in a family, in a very unique way, in a very beautiful way, like even small ways. For me, that just you know, to me, that shows that that a family is you know really embracing the faith in some way even if it's a very very small way um and so i I love hearing stuff like that Mm. yeah so that i mean people typically put up christmas decorations as soon as thanksgiving ends and and when i say thanksgiving ends i mean like right after thanksgiving lunch (laughs) Uh, so usually thanksgiving dinner the tree comes up the, the lights start to go out you know it's a big thing the Christmas season doesn't start till Christmas Day. Sure. And, I, you know, like I, I used to be real stickler on, we got to wait until Goddamn Day Sunday to put up the tree <laughs> oh, and the yeah. lights. And, and you know what? There, there's something really cool with our kids, you know, enjoying this a little bit longer. And so in my age today, and this may not be a, a, a church teaching, and this is just my opinion, I'm okay with decorating. We decorated the Sunday after Thanksgiving, the first Sunday of Advent. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't stop celebrating Christmas on Christmas Day. Yeah, so there's no church teaching on when family no, no, should no. decorate uh, yeah, yeah. for Christmas. But I'll I'll agree with that. I think so Christmas so in the church within the church, right? So we don't start decorating in the church for Christmas. And so, I think that that is important because oh, there's yeah. a visual reality of the season that we're celebrating inside of the church. Yeah. So we don't start inside of the church building. Mm-hmm. We don't start decorating inside the church building. It, it depends. There's different, like we could do it after the O Anaphons, which happens at December 18th, or you could do it the week of if you have a lot of help. So here. Oh, whoa, 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 Rebecca, what are you talking about the old Anaphons? Oh, Antiphon. So O, apostrophe, like O, Emmanuel, O. So like. You don't want me to sing? Yeah. uh, So uh, a lot of, all of the antiphons, all of the music for that mass, I think uh, it's the first Sunday after December 18th uh, or December 18th, all of the antiphons change, all of the music changes Mm. to get you more prepared for Christmas. Um, I didn't know this. mm -hmm. So So all of the music will change completely um it's no longer one thing it's now it's like really getting close so now all of the music changes um can you give us an example would you sing for us i'm kidding i've heard you sing yeah there we go <laughs> <laughs> well i mean pretty much all of our listeners have heard me sing with the uh 10 a 10 30 a.m sure yeah, yeah uh, i know that's why we don't want you to sing on the podcast <laughs> i will say so, that you do sing better than um you you are not the best sung clergy here but you're not the worst Oh, well, then there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, you know, we got to keep it medium. Uh, but so 
people uh churches if they don't have any help they'll decorate after that or uh, if they have a lot of help like here at saint Pius, we'll decorate after the last uh sunday of advent and then right before christmas okay but the christmas decoration and if you would like to help us decorate i'm sure you can find some more information about that in the bulletin or call the parish office 337-232-4656 right yeah that's it i'm gonna be there I definitely I, no, but we do every year. We get a group of prisoners volunteering, and so I, I don't know the exact details of when it is yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably in the bulletin, or you can get information. So if you would like to help us decorate the church for Christmas, we would love your help. We always want as many people as we can because it is a fun event uh, to de- kind of help decorate your church. It's a lot of Christmas trees that we got to put up. You haven't been here yet mm-hmm. for Christmas. Not yet. I helped. Uh, That's a big church to put up decorations and yeah last year when i was at the cathedral i helped decorate the cathedral uh and that was a lot of fun and so i'm looking forward to doing it over here too um but the christmas decorations i the christmas season actually ends with the epiphany right uh and so it should the epiphany is when the three wise men come and the epiphany usually takes place um on on a sunday what it's usually two Sundays after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, but because of where Christmas falls on a Saturday this year. Yes. Um, because Christmas falls on a Saturday this year. Oh, and by the way, that means that you got to go to Mass for Christmas and then for the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you'll go to Mass twice in three days. Keep that, put that on your calendar. Um, and because it's on that Saturday this year, we're going to actually celebrate Epiphany the following Sunday. Yep. Which actually is two Sundays after Christmas. Yeah. It just happens to be a week after Christmas. Yeah. Traditionally, though, um, fun fact, um, the Epiphany usually is celebrated or was traditionally celebrated on January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think in the U.S. we moved. I think that was one of the mm-hmm. holy days that we moved. Um, I was trying to think if to it was Sunday. December, uh, January the 6th or 8th. So it's uh, but I'm thinking of December 8th. In our culture, is- there's another there's another season that Go kicks ahead. off. On January 6th. Do you know what that is? Mm. Carnival season. The leading up to Mardi Gras. Go ahead. Right? Fun fact, that's usually when you sing king cakes come out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, so you I, just clicked. Huh? Yeah, no, no. I, so the I, epiphany is the feast of the three kings, yeah. right? And in our culture here in South Louisiana, we have Mardi Gras that, that you know, leads us into Lent and the carnival season, the Mardi Gras season is kicked off on January 6th. And that's usually, I mean, I've seen some king cakes out. It's probably like Christmas now we're bringing them out earlier, but usually traditionally they came out on January 6th on the feast of the Kings. I'm so glad. Yeah. And I mean, that's why you have the baby inside the king cake. Usually the king cake has three colors and, or it's three pieces of bread wrapped together. I mean, Mm -hmm. so it's all, especially for the Cajuns, the faith has really taken root in almost everything that happens here. Yep. I'm glad you said that. I, lo- I love pulling out uh, Cajun traditions that are rooted in Catholicism. Yeah, and and most of our Cajun traditions are. Yeah, St. John Paul the Great said that you could tell, Even the gumbo, I think. Right? I don't know how, but... Well, yeah. the Holy Trinity, and then the Pope is the garlic, right? So, <laughs> so the, uh, but... See, uh, I disagree with celery being the yeah, Pope of the Trinity. I, I, think it, I think it's <laughs> onions, now we're bell, have a bell, cooking show. onions, bell peppers, uh, and garlic, but that's just my opinion. John Paul II said that... Uh, 
uh, you could always tell when the faith has taken root in the culture, when the culture kind of changes with the faith or like it, it embraces the faith. Well, I mean, and we were talking earlier about, you know, so, so we were talking about how do we incorporate the liturgical seasons and celebrate those moments. And if you look at our Cajun culture, a lot of those moments have been incorporated because of our liturgical seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's, I love being Catholic because... Not it, the debauchery that we find in our Cajun culture, no, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but I love being Catholic because it can, it can, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, delete my culture. It raises my culture. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it's, it's like bread. It, it rises uh, to a, a new height. To, it, it makes it uh, more of what it should be. Um, and so I, I love that. So... Christmas decorations, do we take them down on the Epiphany or do we wait until the baptism of the Lord at home in our personal houses? What what what, what are your thoughts? Well, cuz it could go either way, yeah. right? The Epiphany, I would say the Epiphany, but really because people take down their Christmas tree and immediately put up their Mardi Gras tree. I thought the Mardi Gras tree was the Christmas tree. They just took the decorations off of it. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We don't do a Mardi Gras. Yeah, tree. we we did a Mardi Gras tree. At, like we we take down our Christmas tree and put up our Mardi Gras tree. Okay, and it's not the same tree. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. We, I mean, no. Uh, the Mardi Gras tree is much uh, smaller. At least uh-huh. it was in our house. Okay. So, what traditions do you have in your family? Um, email Father Poirier and let him know. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I really would love to like you or know, stop after, him after mass yeah after mass like if y'all tell me like hey, I, I, we typically do this for this feast day or for that saint or for you know because people have different devotions to different saints because you know maybe I'm German or maybe you know I'm European may, maybe I'm Italian maybe I'm African and we do these things uh, for these feasts or for this solemnity I, I love to hear how the faith is rooted in people's life and they could celebrate it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful thing. So watch out, Father. All three people are going to stop you after Mass this week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You. That's true. <laughs> Maybe we're up to three and a half listeners. Maybe so. Someone's dozing off right now. <laughs> Maybe so. So, um, all right. Well, I think this brings us to a close today. So we, we want to encourage y'all to continue in the season of Advent to hope and to wait and to anticipate the coming of our Lord, both at Christmas and in your lives. He's inviting inviting you into a deeper relationship with him, especially this Christmas season. Um, Let us know how how you celebrate the holidays, how you celebrate Christmas. What are the traditions you and your family have done? And and maybe even where did they come from? Mm. Um, And and know that we will be praying for y'all and we'll be praying for y'all through this Christmas season. And um, you'll hear from us again in 2022. You got it. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope it's a joy-filled, a family-filled, a faith-filled holiday season for you all. Make sure you go and like us and follow us on your podcast listener of choice. Share it on your social media and invite a friend. We will see you all at night this weekend. God bless. God bless. God bless.